Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins, and joining me today is Cheerson Cicel, Greg Esposito, and virtually, it's uh, Craig Morgan. Hi, Craig. Thanks for uh, zooming in on our little podcast today. <laughs> Can't believe Espo told me to stay home. I know he's been. Uh, I, I requested it. That was, I, you know, I said, please just stay home, Craig. I like a demand. I like a demand. It's 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 our Craig in a box today. So. Uh, <laughs> Craig in a box. I love it. Well, it's a Friday edition of the Phoenix that. Sports Podcast. So uh, thanks everyone for joining us. If you're watching on Twitter, head on over to YouTube. If you're on YouTube and you're in the comments, say what's up. Say hello. We love when you contribute to the show, and we love to add your comments in. Is that a birthday cake? Birthday cake to you? Are they wishing Cheerson a happy birthday? Maybe? I think so. Cheerson's birthday, birthday is tomorrow. It's tomorrow, but the celebrations begin tonight. I'm somebody that subscribes to, like, at minimum birthday weekends, if not birthday weeks or birthday months. So yes. at minimum, it's a birthday weekend for me, so I'll take it today. <laughs> How's it feel to be 22? Yeah, you know, it feels Wish fantastic. I'm actually 23 this year. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> uh, Josh also wish- wishing Cheerson a happy birthday. We love to see it. You guys are the best. I also subscribe to the same belief. I'm a big bun- birthday month person. Yeah. Um, I love my birthday. It's a national holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Next <laughs> weekend, I'm celebrating my birthday in Mexico. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. There you go. Just keep it the one day. Um, We love it. I don't celebrate my birthday. Why Why does that not actually surprise me at all? (laughs) Life's too short. I don't celebrate. Let's just keep plowing through. What's your star sign? Sagittarius or something. I don't know. That's not a very Sagittarius quality of you. (laughs) I I have no idea. What's yours? Aquarius. Yeah, that makes sense. Craig, what's yours? Aquarius, too. And I also do not celebrate my birthdays anymore. At least I don't acknowledge them. You Why? Guys. <laughs> you know, you get to a certain point in life where you really don't want to acknowledge them anymore. I guess we're I just feel, not old yet. Well, I feel well. I'm. I kind. I feel that. I totally feel that. I, I had a friend who has a similar birthday, and I. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot your birthday. I'm so sorry. And he was like, I was hoping everyone would just forget so that I could remain 32, and since he's now 33. So like, I understand that because I'm creeping up in age, but like, I will still forget about the age and just celebrate. And just use it as an excuse. At some point, your liver doesn't want to celebrate anymore. It just goes, 
We're good. You celebrated <laughs> enough birthdays. Thank my you. liver's still going strong, so you can't give up on me yet. I don't know if that's the right side of my body or not, but whatever. We're going to go with it. Um, <laughs> well, no, that's the left side of your body. But is that where the liver is? No, I'm just saying. You said. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I actually yeah, don't know my right from my left, but that's a story for oh, another God. time. Um, let's get started Actually, with. Not a lot more than the liver when you get to my age. Uh, we were just talking about acupuncture before we went on the air, so you can, you can imagine what, what's going wrong here. Yeah, uh, Craig is being held together by band-aids and medical tapes so uh <laughs> especially through all the torture he endures covering the coyotes uh, but we we appreciate it nonetheless <laughs> all right let's get started with the valley sports temperature check and i actually don't know where to start today because there's really good things happening to multiple teams in the valley and um it's kind of weird for me to be in this position <laughs> but i think we need to start with the sun's They've got a lot going on. Last night was obviously the finals rematch between the Suns and the Bucks for the first time this season. And the Suns, they freaking won. The Suns are the best team in the NBA. Don't at me because it's true. Espo, I know you're on the same page as I am about the Suns being the best team in the NBA. But what especially about last night's victory did you like? Well, if we're doing a temperature check, and I failed out of college Spanish, but I believe it's <laughs> muy caliente is... <laughs> Uh, the way uh, you go about it here, this team, I, I don't I don't know what more you can say other than there's something special going on at the Footprint Center. Uh, this team is one of the deepest teams in the NBA, got deeper at the deadline yesterday, uh, exercised some of their demons in beating uh, the Bucks last night. And I get it, it's regular season, but it was also nationally televised, the first time you've taken on the Bucks. Since they backdoor swept you, this, uh, as I say on the on the show, the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA, and you can't say it loud enough because the people in the back and the national media still ain't hearing it. But it's so true. true, louder there, for the people in the back. There were some moments in last night's game too that will like forever be branded in my head, like DeAndre Ayton with the alley oop on top of Giannis's head, and then yes. Chris Paul like shattering drew holiday's ankles which is funny now because we'll get to it in a minute but his brother is now a phoenix son but like two of those things against that team there were just like several plays that i was just like yes <laughs> well that alley-oop was both cathartic and a little painful because it was very similar to the one in game four that devin booker threw that he that Giannis wound up blocking, blocking. barely on that i mean that was the play that Hey, if that happened in the finals, totally different different uh, outcome. I think if that if that Booker to Aiton alley oop had happened, that was the momentum changer. So to me, that was kind of exercising some of the demons in, yeah. in a way. We may look back at, in at the end of June if Mr. Larry O'Brien, uh, the trophy, not the former commissioner <laughs> uh, who's no longer with us, uh, calls. Uh, calls Phoenix home, we may look back at yesterday as the day that kind of was the start of uh, that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Craig, I know you cover the Coyotes, but you've also been in the Valley for a long time. You've obviously watched the Suns, covered the Suns in the past. How nice is it to see a team firing on all cylinders like the Suns currently are? I just, when I think about the Valley, like the, the Suns are so over-deserving of having an NBA title at this point. It's it, it, it's unbelievable to think about what this city will turn into if the Suns actually win a championship. Mm -hmm. They've been here so long. They've been 
so close so many times. I was there for some of those heart heartbreaks as well, just like you, Espo. We can we don't want to rehash all those. <laughs> no. I think we did another <laughs> show. But it's time. It's so overdue for the Phoenix Suns to win a title. But again, all this regular season success is great. Doesn't mean a thing if you can't do it in the playoffs. We'll see. I don't think that there are many contenders. There never are in the NBA. It's always three or four teams that are really legitimate contenders. So they're going to be there near the end. Will they be able to close the deal? Finally, it would be an unbelievable story for this city and this franchise. Yeah. Josh Hunt in the comments also agreeing, saying that the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Absolutely. Charles Woodall Pike saying big revenge game W for the Suns last night. You love to see it. Sean Murphy saying CP3 breaking Drew's ankles uh, and the Bucks chances in that game. I loved that moment. That was so <laughs> sweet. Um, get that man some milk. His ankles are hurting today. Um, speaking of DeAndre Ayton and his big moment, I think I speak for maybe all of us when I say it's so great to see him back. Obviously, he was out for a couple games due to injury and sickness and whatnot. So seeing him have big moments like that just kind of reminds me, at least, that uh, we need to pay the man. And uh, he's deserving of that money. Espo, I know you wrote an article about DeAndre Ayton earlier this week. Um, but what are your thoughts on that Look, whole situation? They, The Suns just have to. And luckily, it will come after whatever the playoff run is and however that plays out. But at some point, the Suns have to decide, are they in, in it to win it or are they in it to just only spend a certain amount of money and call it good? And th there's business decisions, there's basketball decisions. This one should make sense on both ends. Pay him, keep the core together for the long term, win a lot of basketball games, you'll make a lot of money. Yeah, That's just the way it will will happen. And yeah, sure, it's easy for me. It's not my my checkbook, but I also, <laughs> I also don't have an asset that's worth over $2 billion. Right. So go all in and continue to go. Are all you in. saying you don't have millions of dollars? To throw I don't have DA? millions. <laughs> I don't have tens of dollars right now. So. <laughs> um, well, I did want to, before we move on to the coyotes really quickly, I did want to talk about the all-star game because we haven't had a chance to do that on the show yet. Obviously Devin Booker and CP three are going to be going to play for the Suns. Monty Williams will be coaching team LeBron. Uh, remind me, Devin Booker is on Team LeBron and Chris Paul's other way. Other way. Chris Paul's on Team LeBron. Monty will be coaching. Devin's on Team KD. He was the first reserve selected yesterday. Heck yeah, he was. That's because he's an incredible player. Should but have been um, a starter. Yes, he should have been a starter. Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, NBA All Star Draft was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, you have to go watch it. Uh, they also did announce the uh, skills players, and there was one player that was missing. That got absolutely robbed. Cam Johnson obviously will not be in the three-point contest. And yesterday, Gerald Bourget was at practice. He talked to CP3 about it. And here's what CP3 had to say about Cam Johnson missing out on the All-Star game. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to ask. Yeah, I don't know. You would think, you know, with our team being, you know, number one in the league, it would be nice to get, you know, some more representation from our team. You know what I mean? Like, not to take nothing away from the other guys. But you said he leading the league. What is he? He's like, he, he has his three-point percentage is higher than the rest of the field. Like, he's at 43, and the other ones are like 42. Second in the league. He's second in the league? I believe so. And he can't get in a three-point contest? That's a problem. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't understand. Somebody got to help me understand. <laughs> yeah. I love that because this is Chris Paul, former head of, you know, former 
president of the Players Association, you know he's going to get answers. They're not going to be answers he likes. Yes. So <laughs> somebody's initial, getting in an earful. My initial thought when I'm like listening to that, I, I'm so happy that we have a guy like Chris Paul who can sit there and say, yeah, I'm going to ask about that. Yeah. And he will, literally will ask he about will. that and literally will get to the bottom of it and like make it known that he thinks it's BS. Well, I mean, the disrespect is nothing new for the Suns. This organization is constantly disrespected by pretty much everybody outside of the state of Arizona. Um, I don't know if you, you you probably heard it in the video, but in case you didn't, somebody clarified and said, I think Cam Johnson has the second highest three point percentage in the league right now. Obviously, he's not in the three point contest. Espo, like why? What? What is going on? I literally, I can't give you an answer. I mean, he made it very clear if he was asked, he was going to say yes. He obviously wasn't asked. Chris Paul has talked to Cam Johnson yeah. about that. I, he's playing a little bit dumb in that he's talked to Cam. He probably has already actually asked that question to some That's people around point. the league. <laughs> and And he's making a point there in saying it in front of the cameras. There is no explanation. It's a joke that there's not one representative and all-star Saturday from the Suns. They only have two guys in the game. Mm -hmm. They're 45 and 10. They're four and a half games better than anybody else in the league in terms of record. They're one of the top in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Yeah. There's no excuse. Right. There's just absolutely no excuse why there aren't more more sons in this uh, All-Star weekend. The only thing I can think of is at least a bunch of these guys don't have to go to Cleveland. Yeah, oh, that's true. But it's especially no frustrating. No offense, Cheerson. No offense, Cheerson. But it's February in Cleveland. It'll be fun. It's especially frustrating. This is the last thing I'll say about it. Just because you know, like, in an alternate universe, if, like, the Lakers were good right now, and they had like four or five players like going off on their team, all of them would be in the All-Star game in some way, shape, or form. Well, they'd have the entire roster plus the GM in All-Star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'd have their fans on the court, too. Uh, insane. Sean Murphy in the comments saying, I love how Chris Paul runs himself on as the floor executive of the team leaders. I, I probably didn't read that right. I probably butchered that. But yeah, Sean, I agree. Josh Hunt saying, sweet baby Angel Cam Johnson will strike down the league with righteous indignation. I would not be surprised. Um, all right. Well, that's your temperature check for the Suns. Let's move on to the Coyotes because Craig, holy cow, against all odds, seemingly, the Coyotes finally, finally, finally have an answer on where they will be playing for the next couple seasons until their arena, their new arena is hopefully built yesterday. It was announced that the Arizona Board of Regents approved the dual usage, I guess, of ASU's new hockey arena. Craig, what is the latest on that? Multi-usage, right? It's it's a multi-purpose arena, and it's going to be used for gymnastics, for wrestling, for concerts, for ASU hockey, and now for the Arizona Coyotes. It's a 5,000-seat venue. I think that number has probably been out there a few times in the national media, and I think uh, the national media feels a little differently about that number than local folks feel about it. It's raised a lot of concerns around the league. The Coyotes struck that the Arizona Border Regents voted yesterday to approve a deal that will allow the Coyotes to play there for at least the next three seasons. But Morgan Olson, ASU CFO, also told me in the uh, in the Q&A that we have on our website that they have the option to bring the team back for more years if it, if it takes longer for them to build the arena on the south bank of Rio Salado. Now, this is unusual, obviously, in any sport, uh, including the NHL. It's a 5,000-seat arena. Most arenas are much larger, like three times the capacity of that. We don't even know what the actual capacity is going to be yet because 
when you bring in an NHL team, you need more cameras, you need more media, you need scouts. So you probably have to take away some of that seating capacity. We'll see how that all plays out. But the NHL was clearly on board with this. We heard that from Gary Bettman at the All-Star Game and his comments. Um, ASU is clearly on board because the Coyotes are going to pay for upgrades to this place to build their own team areas because they can't use ASUs due, due to NCAA compliance issues. So ASU is basically getting a $20 million upgrade to their building. The Coyotes are going to pay all that money up front, and they're going to pay the entire term of the lease up front. So there's no risk for the university. They just get to hook up with an improved facility, and they get the uh, attention of NHL games in their building for at least the next three seasons. So it's great for ASU. The big question I have in all of this is what is the NHLPA going to do? What can they do? I've received two statements that haven't said a lot from the PA, but mm-hmm. they're definitely talking with the NHL. They have some issues. The biggest one to consider is hockey-related revenue. While, while the league has said the Coyotes aren't going to get a greater share of revenue sharing because they get the max already, when you reduce capacity in one arena, you still take away from the overall pot. The players and the owners share that pot, so the players are going to lose money in this offing, and they have some questions. So none of this is contingent on uh... – the Tempe site being approved, correct? That is correct. I've seen that out there a lot. People thinking that the Tempe thing has to be approved for them to go ahead with this deal. It's not true at all. It's not contingent on it at all. Morgan Olson underscored that yesterday too, and talking about the fact that they have options to come back for more years after the three are up. They're, they're going to work with the Coyotes. They want to see NHL hockey stay here. They think it's good for the entire community to keep NHL hockey here. So Props to ASU, right, for for stepping out there. And granted, they, they get a sweet arena addition as a result of this, but props to them for stepping up to the plate and helping keep NHL hockey in the Valley. Yeah, absolutely. And Craig, you've been following this story for quite some time. And if you guys have missed any of Craig's incredible articles, please go over to gophnx.com where all those articles live. Make sure you sign up to be a member while you're there. You can get your first month for just 50 cents. Or if you sign up to be an annual member, you get a free PHNX t-shirt. We've got some pretty cool ones. Espo's wearing our Bird Gang shirt that we released recently. Um, But Craig, you said that this is a great deal for ASU, which I totally agree. But of all the options that the Coyotes had early on in the process, you know, the Coliseum, trying to make things work with Healer River Arena. Do you think that this ultimately is the best option for the Coyotes now that we're already here at this point? No. I mean, if we put those others on the table, no. I mean, it's a 5,000-seat arena, probably less. That's not a good situation. Um, Glendale would be the best case, but that relationship is just so toxic. I mean, it, it even took time for this new ownership group to realize that that relationship was beyond repair and they couldn't go back. I think they kept thinking that they could work out a deal with Glendale. And in that waiting period, they probably lost the opportunity to get the Coliseum renovated in time. I've been told that they had to put $50 million worth of renovations into that place to get it ready for NHL hockey. And it would have taken a long time. So they lost both of those opportunities and they're left really with this as the only opportunity to stay in the Valley uh, uh, in an interim arena. Again, it's a small arena, but one thing that it does do, it allows them to build that relationship with the city of Tempe earlier. Mm-hmm. They're where they want to be. I mean, the new arena is just a couple of miles down the road from where ASU's arena is. So you start forging that relationship, you start building it and, and building those bonds. And listen, maybe, maybe the fact that ASU has backed this and they're now in cooperation with Arizona State University and very influential President Michael Crow, maybe that will have a little bit of sway over the Tempe City Council as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. How do you guys feel about this move? I know like it's a trek to get out to Glendale and sometimes we get to get out there and watch a game. But are you happy about this? Do you think this is good for hockey in Arizona in general? I think I my initial reaction was like, what a joke. But we just have to sort of accept where the Coyotes are at right now. It just is what it is. They dug themselves into this mess a little bit. And uh, so it is what it is. And now that I'm sort of like thinking about the the like possibility or I guess the inevitability of them playing in Tempe and like doing something that everybody's like scratching their heads about and like knocking and uh, just something that's like never really been done before. And this five that I mean, I actually kind of find it pretty cool. And I'm like, you know what? While they're doing this, like hopefully this is just a two three year max period of time and they get this big arena deal done in tempe and like it's all everything works out but in this limbo period i'm kind of excited about it like i really want to go to a game to just see what it feels like sitting in a college-sized arena watching an nhl game (laughs) and just fully embracing it and i don't have to drive out to glendale right that's true i'm i look at it as i find it very intriguing this is a unique experiment in sports where we could see something that becomes maybe not a blueprint for the future, but smaller venues. If you do truly unique, uh, you know, activations of what you're doing in this building, making it feel like a premium uh, exclusive event that you're getting to be a part of, you're sitting closer to the action. It's louder. Uh, I wonder if there's something to that. Uh, the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays are exploring a new uh, a new stadium in Tampa that's only going to be 28,000 seats. We saw the Chargers before they moved to SoFi were playing in an MLS stadium that had what the fans were closer to the field it was 35,000. I wonder if this could unlock something that's interesting in sports where it just creates a different kind of atmosphere and it could be a way that maybe there are certain markets that aren't going to draw 19,000, mm-hmm. but say maybe it's 10,000 seat arena that you do, you activate it in certain ways, you can charge a little bit more and you can make the same amount of money in the long run. I'm just intrigued by the whole thing. Yeah, I am too. And I think something else that goes really understated is the fact that now the Coyotes are going to be more accessible to a larger group of people. And hopefully that will help build their lo- their fan base in the long term. I mean, if you're going to be in Tempe, Tempe is a very central location in the Valley. It's going to be right on ASU's campus. So hopefully you'll get a lot of college kids in there that maybe wouldn't have gone to an NHL game before this because they couldn't drive out to Glendale or whatever it might be. So I think there's also opportunities for the Coyotes here to try to not rebuild their fan base, but maybe attract more people into it. What do you think about that? I think it's rekindled the love affair. Yeah. Because when they were downtown, my parents are from the East Coast. We lived in the East Valley. We had season tickets. It just was not feasible on a weeknight to go out to Glendale once they moved out there. But if they're in Tempe, I could see a lot of families uh, wanting to to make that something that they do again. I think this rekindles the Valley's love affair with this team. Yeah, I did want to ask you, Craig, though. There's been some concerns about that because they're worried that the Coyotes are going to maybe outprice some uh, of the tickets to try to make up some revenue that they lost between the COVID year and then not having a lot of fans this year. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, in fact, I I know that they're they're weighing that right now. They have to find that sweet spot between try, trying to make up some revenue and not really pissing off the fan base. You can't jack up the prices 
too high, especially for a team that's still in rebuild mold. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make the argument that you still get to see NHL hockey. You still get to see stars come through this arena. But in the end, it's about the local team. And when you're in a rebuild, you can't you can't hike the prices too high right now. But it will be a, a scarce item. I think it's going to be a hot ticket. They will be able to raise ticket prices. And, and as you guys were mentioning, it is closer to the vast majority of their fan base. I've written this. I've said it a million times. It's anywhere between 66 and 75% of their premium season ticket holders that are on the east side of town. They are where they should be. This is the right location. And of course, as as Chirsten alluded to as well, it's only a 20-minute commute from my house, which is probably the best angle. Of <laughs> it's definitely a huge upgrade for Craig. Uh, Sean Murphy in the comments saying, in 2019, 11 of 31 teams averaged 100% attendance. Most NHL arenas have open seats. Uh, you guys might have Each to help me. Each night, so maybe 15 to 16,000 arenas will make it more of an exclusive ticket. Yeah, definitely. That I is a great think Size right there, like 15,000 for a market like this. I think 15 to 16,000 is the perfect size. Yet, obviously, 5,000 is not it. I don't, I know you don't think that either, Espo, but it, it's no. interesting to experiment with some of those things in a more intimate setting, make it, make it a better setting. Because, listen, I've, I've been in some arenas that are like 20,000, and even in the big markets, they can feel like they're just half full all the time and the atmosphere is just terrible. I, I grew up in Chicago in the United Center, like now that the Blackhawks have fallen off. I see the crowds dwindling there, and that place is it's – it's an awful viewing experience if it's not full. Yeah, well, hopefully the 5,000 seat arena will allow the Coyotes to pack that place and uh, maybe increase some energy in the arena. Really quickly, I wanted to touch on the Cardinals before we get off this temperature check because we had some interesting news happen this week. Our own Johnny Venerable, I guess, broke <laughs> broke a story that made national news. Here's an example. He was on the Pat McAfee show Kyler Murray had scrubbed his Instagram account of all things Cardinals related, um, and it was pointed out that he wasn't following the Cardinals. It's been clarified that he never followed the Cardinals. Well, they assume. They assume. Nobody is really clear on that fact, which is interesting. So it's uh, it's been a crazy story. It's obviously made national headlines, and shout out to Johnny for breaking that story. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this, Chirsten. Is this a story? Is this something to be concerned about? It's kind of sparked, spiraled into this whole, should we trade Kyler? Should we not trade Kyler? Does he deserve the max? Does he does not deserve the max? Like, what what do you make of this? It's hard to, like, certainly we everyone can come up with their own conclusions, but it's really hard without knowing, like, what Kyler's actual deal is. I will say, last night, the Cardinals changed their Instagram yes, to we have be a, a identical to what Kyler's Instagram now looks like. And that sort of made light of the whole situation because the initial thoughts were like, oh my gosh, he's ticked at the Cardinals. He scrubbed everything Cardinals related. Their contract negotiations are going south. And um, and and so it was negative. Then they kind of just made light of it. And now it's like everybody seems to think now it's turned into this thing of like new uniforms. And I don't know, maybe somebody could like fill in the gap for me because I don't understand why that stuff would mean they're getting new it uniforms. Could, it could be strategic. I mean, look, I've been inside an organization. I've been around marketing teams. It could be. Let's create all this buzz. We'll do this. Next week they announce new uniforms and all of a sudden these grids are filled with We Kyler did something like that when we launched. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I mean, it could be something or that could be the Cardinals' way of PR spinning this, right? Mm-hmm. There could actually be something. 
this could be a very immature move by Kyler Murray to try to force a hand, and this is their way to de- I would be so it. pissed if I was, like, in some serious contract negotiations, like, pissed off, scrubbed my Instagram account, and then all of a sudden the Cardinals are mocking I, me. I, Do I, you I, know I, how but, pissed but I, I would be? I don't think – but my thing is that's the way they diffuse it, right? Because now yeah. everybody's like, oh, oh, oh that's so – not so, with Kyler, though. Yeah. But if Kyler's pissed anyways, what difference does it make at yeah. that point? You're just trying to trying to save face from a PR standpoint, which is what a lot of times it comes about. I mean, that's how a lot of this stuff happens. I don't know what it is, but you know what Kyler Murray could have done 12 hours after that started when the entire NFL said word something. Said, said something. something. Yeah. Came out and posted something. Anything. The fact that he didn't leads me to believe that either he is in working in cahoots with the Cardinals on something about a uniform or there's something to it because you can stop that kind of right. conversation pretty damn quick. It was quickly. intentional. Like oh, at he knew minimum, what he was doing. At minimum, like we don't know like what the reason was for it, but at minimum, I think we can all agree that the move was intentional. Yeah. Like he knew what he was doing. And doing it Super Bowl week when every all the media eyes are on anything NFL – it was strategic. Yeah. Or he has the worst social media person ever, <laughs> and they should be fired right now. As someone who works in social media, you, yeah, that would be that would be a fireball offense. I would not recommend doing that. Um, Craig, even with everything going on and people starting to question if they should Cardinals should trade Kyler Murray or not, would you, as the Cardinals, end up trading Kyler Murray? Trade him? No, I wouldn't trade him. But I would. I. I still. I still want to see what Kyler Murray can be. Mm-hmm. I, I would mind playing the waiting game on him a little bit. I, I don't think that's a bad move. I know there are people that think he should just be paid right now, but you got to prove it. You got to prove it. I'm with Craig. I'd pay him a million per Instagram photo he has up right now. <laughs> that what, is a great what, way to say it. Where's the agent, where's the agent in all this? Where's the, where's agent? the agent in all this? Where's anybody in yeah. all this? Yeah. Like yeah. one statement – Ends a whole firestorm. No, it's intentional. Uh, yeah. They wanted the firestorm. I, I'd imagine I so because yeah. he didn't stop anything. Well, Boosty yeah. in the comments saying he scrubbed his account because he wants to get paid. I mean, that seems to be like the general consensus. How childish is that yeah. if that's the case? No. Like, I'm going to scrub my social media so, until you pay me $43 million. I'll erase my <laughs> social media if anybody wants to pay me a hundred bucks. Let's all let's all just experiment with it, see how it works. Yeah, it's like Kyler's <laughs> in a bad relationship with a girlfriend, and he's trying to make his girlfriend mad by deleting all the pictures of. Yeah, <laughs> I've only got pictures with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Right, right, my college girlfriend is back in the picture. <laughs> uh, well, regardless of what happens, you know that we'll always keep you updated. We are. Looking to be the conversation starters in this. And obviously, Johnny was a huge contributor in that. So make sure you're following us on all of our social media accounts. Um, we, like I said, will always have the latest for you guys up there. Really quickly, just so everybody knows, um, because spring training is supposed to start, it's probably not going to start on time. The MLB is supposed to make a another proposal tomorrow. And if I, the deal isn't reached tomorrow or sometime this weekend, I really don't see how it can start on time with pitchers and catchers due to report next week and the first spring training game supposed to start on February 26th. So if you're listening to this podcast and you were hoping to go to a spring training game soon, I'm sorry to tell you that probably won't happen, which is really unfortunate for Arizona and the businesses that are supported by why, spring training. Why can't they? Like, really, you're going to spring training to get some sun and drink some beer. 
Just just open the stadiums, do the same thing. Just don't have any baseball going on. I mean, honestly, like they probably could do that. <laughs> I just see like some co-ed games going on. I feel like that's a great use of everyone's time, right? Heck yeah! I put a movie on the on the scoreboard and do the same thing. I bet you could make half the revenue. No, you, do you, you get you pay like a greater fee, and then you get in a game. You actually get to play at Salt River or whatever. You get to feel what it's like to be at the plate, and everybody's having a good time. Let's it's a great just do solution. the whole baseball season that way. Yeah. Just, anybody that wants to come down, let's play some sandlot baseball. Yeah. Well, the minor leaguers will be out there. Uh, minor league baseball is not affected by major league baseball, so those poor minor leaguers will. Uh, well, I guess not poor. They'll have the whole facility to themselves. So, Well, they're still financially poor. Yeah, just, financially uh... definitely poor. Um, well, spring training may be delayed, but you know what's not delayed? The Super Bowl. The moment we've all been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Are you not a new customer? Don't worry. If you still bet on, you can still bet on the Super Bowl with Super Bowl 56 props instead. DraftKings Sportsbook offers a wide range of props throughout the big game. Take your shot at winning cash by predicting props like if a non-quarterback will throw a pass, fourth down conversions, total yardage, and so much more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code PHNX, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and up only, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, let's get into some trade deadline madness. Yesterday was the NBA trade deadline and the Suns, they've got two new additions to the squad. Our own Sean DePaz very kindly uh, jersey swapped. Uh, Tory Craig, I, I feel like we forgot to tell him he didn't need to do that. We didn't have the, we didn't have the heart to tell him, hey, just uh, go pull up a stock photo from last, last year. year. So. Uh, Tory Craig is obviously back in the Valley. He is now uh, back in the Suns uniform. And then also the Suns added Aaron Holiday to the roster, uh, one of three Holiday brothers. That jersey swap obviously was needed. Uh, thank you, Sean, for spending so much time and effort and energy. Can we make it clear? Sean actually has photoshop skills he does we asked him to do it that way (laughs) not that he's just that bad with photoshop yes it warms my heart that that tory craig has a photoshopped jersey though (laughs) yeah the irony is beautiful uh sean did a great job with that um i guess espo there's been some back and forth on this some people wanted a bigger name bigger names bigger people but what are your thoughts on the new additions and is it enough for the suns to make a deep finals run like we talked about, the team's 45 and 10. Right. A big move didn't make any sense. You needed insurance. Mm-hmm. Like you needed to make sure if somebody got injured, COVID struck, whatever the case may be, that you had depth. They now have the deepest team in the NBA. They're three deep at pretty much every position. Uh, and there's still a chance in the buyout market, they add additional people as well. So I. I think this was the right kind of move to make. Uh, we were saying they needed a Tory Craig type. Well, it's about <laughs> as accurate as you can get by getting the actual guy. And then Aaron Holiday fills that third point guard role that Alfred Payton has not been filling. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you've now just you've bolstered everything, and that's what you need to do. That's why they 
I, you know, a large reason why they didn't win last year was because they didn't have enough depth behind DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton. And when Dario Saric went down, all of a sudden you had nobody else that was backing him up. I mean, I love Frank Kaminsky. We all know that. But Frank Kaminsky uh, is not stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez in the finals. Like, I'm sorry, it's just not happening. Now they have depth everywhere, so you should not fall into that same kind of trap again. It was exactly what they needed to do. Also, you don't want to mess up the chemistry of uh, the team. I mean, this team, when they added as many pieces as they did heading into this season, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's really great that everybody seems to be um, gelling still, and they didn't skip a beat because they had tremendous chemistry last year, and I think that's part of why they succeeded uh, to the finals. And so you definitely have to be careful. Like, for anybody, aside from, like, just the fact that they are literally on, like, the best team in the NBA. Uh, if you wanted a big name, half the time big names don't work because they don't work with other big names. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing you want to do is bring in a guy, even though they didn't need it anyway, but it's bring in somebody who's another superstar, big name, um, and, you know, throw off any sort of chemistry. And so that's the great thing about Tory Craig is he fits in perfectly with his team. You already know that he is a team player, what he's going to provide in terms of just like in the locker room. And so he's not screwing up anything. He's a perfect, some, a perfect guy to bring back. And I'm sure every one of his teammates are happy to have him back. Also, not to mention, he got a ring last year and has is in a position to get another one this year. Got a, Lost in the finals, <laughs> still got a ring. And then now is going back to the Suns, best team in the NBA with the best chances of winning back-to-back uh, rings. So good for him, too. I feel like that ring, though, is like if you get engaged and nope. then you don't actually get married, so you don't give it back, but you have the ring. But it So put it on the other hand like and keep going. Like you played for the boss. Diamond is still a diamond, baby. That's worth money. That's but when you look at this roster construction now, and I'm, I'm just going to make the assumption that the Suns are in the Western Conference Final. I, I don't see any team that's that's capable that's, of That's brave of you, Craig. Well, <laughs> when you look at the roster construction now, how do they match up, first of all, against Golden State and then the top teams that might come out of the East? You've heard the criticism. You heard what Jack said. They don't, you know, they don't have anybody that people are saying they don't have anybody that scares you. What do you make of that criticism? What do you make of the roster construction against those top teams? Did, did they... Do they not know who Devin Booker and CP3 are? How does that not scare you? DeAndre Ayton put the fear of God in the Bucks last night. I mean, (laughs) I've never seen Bobby Portis' eyes pop out that far, and they (laughs) pop out pretty far on a regular basis. He got he got schooled by DA. Look, I the roster construction. What what adding an Aaron Holiday does is it gives you another guy to throw at a Steph, another guy that can help you against a Clay if you're playing the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. The Suns have the firepower, they have the defense, uh, and they have a big man, which you look at the Warriors, and I don't know that they really have an answer for that, but if the Suns need to go small now, we saw Torrey Craig was capable of playing small ball five last year, uh, so you have that option now. Uh, I'm not worried about that. When I look at the East, I am slightly concerned because the Nets and the 76ers both got better yesterday, which mm-hmm. is funny because they both got rid of their own problems mm-hmm. and got better as teams uh, overall. Uh, and the Nets, whenever you have Kevin Durant, uh, you know that's a guy that can can change things on his own. Uh, and nobody really has an answer 
to to primetime Kevin uh, Kevin Durant. Mm. So uh, and you look at the 76ers, they have Embiid, who is a guy that uh, step for step can counter everything that Da does, and is a better offensive player than Da. So then it comes down to, is James Harden closer to the guy we've seen in previous years, or have the NBA rules really taken his ability away uh, to get fouled, get to the line, and, and do the things that made him so special? So those teams concern me with their moves, but if you look, nobody in the West did anything to really bolster themselves yesterday. Mm-hmm. So overall, I feel very confident about this team's chances, which is a very weird spot to be in because I'm not sure I've ever said that ever, especially with the center position being one of their positions of strength as well. Hello in the comments. Hello, hello. Saying the Suns do need a backup shooter with all of the bench in defense can sink and only worry about Cam Johnson shooting. I don't know that I believe that because if campaign comes back and uh, and kind of returns even a little bit to form, that's another guy that can hit shots from the outside. Tory Craig showed he could hit from the corner, uh, from deep, and those kind of things. I, I think they have it there. But like I mentioned, the buyout market is still right. a chance to add somebody. Uh, Alfred Payton's the like likely guy that would get cut in that situation. So you may be able to add another shooter. So there's opportunity across the board here still to, to even fill that in, but I don't think it's a, a glaring hole. Yeah, Sean Murphy saying Eric Gordon and CP3. Oh, shoot, I lost it. Jacob, we put, there you go. Eric Gordon and CP3 are buds, I think. Just $20 million for three more years is too much for a team that doesn't need him but could definitely use him. What are your thoughts right. on Eric Gordon? You'd have to, it has to be a buyout. If he gets bought out, definitely. But is he a guy that would accept a very minimal role? Like, I... How many minutes are you going to get? That, that That's the thing. The guys right. that got in Tory Craig and Aaron Holiday accept the role that they're going to play. Mm, so. Gotcha. All yep. right. Well, I definitely think that this team is going to the finals. I hope I don't jinx them. I'm knocking on if wood. If you do, uh, <laughs> you and I are going to have a pretty big problem. <laughs> um, I have been known to curse some teams, but hopefully not this one. Um <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. The clip is getting pulled. Oh, God, Suns fans, please don't come for me. Um, I just think that, like you already said, like this is they didn't need a big name. This is what they needed in order to shore up their bench and to get that depth that they were looking for that they didn't have last year. Um, I did want to ask you, though, there were some early, I guess, rumors like swirling around that D.A. maybe on were was on the trading block. Um, Would that have been a giant mistake if they traded D.A.? If. Look, if you're if you're not going to pay him the max, you had to kick the tires mm. here at the deadline. Uh, I'm glad they didn't do it because chemistry is a very delicate thing. Uh, who knows what could have happened if you if you dealt him? But big questions in the offseason. Enjoy the ride now because who knows what what next year will look like and what decisions they'll make come July. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully this is the year because I don't yes. know. I don't know what the future holds. It definitely needs to be. This is the window, and the window is open this season. So hopefully they can get it done. For more in-depth coverage on the Suns trade deadline, make sure you check out the PHNX Suns podcast. They did a whole uh, trade deadline episode yesterday. That was amazing. Make sure you go check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Craig, really quickly, the uh, the NHL trade deadline is looming. 
I was browsing the internet yesterday and I saw something about Phil Kessel out there. I know that uh, Jacob Chikrin's name's been brought up a couple times this season. Um, I don't know if there's any other options for the Coyotes. I'm assuming they would be sellers at the trade deadline and not buyers because they want to hold on to all those draft picks. But uh, what do you think the Coyotes would do, if anything, before the trade deadline? Yeah, I've written about it a few times. Those You mentioned the two biggest names. Phil Kessel will get traded. It's a matter of what they get for him. Okay. If they were trying to trade him in the offseason, Phil Kessel didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. You can't blame him. He's a veteran who's won cups. He's had playoff success. He's near the end of his career. He wants to play somewhere where he has a chance to win. They just can, couldn't get the return on Phil they wanted. I, I heard they couldn't even get a third-round pick for Phil. Ooh, shoot. Yeah. Seriously? So, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of baggage that comes with being Phil Kessel. And hot dogs. Baggage and hot dogs. <laughs> Does not eat hot dogs. We, we need <laughs> that myth. It's gonna. It's never going to die. Even even his sister tried to kill that myth, and it will never die that he likes hot dogs. <laughs> he tried to kill it himself by taking a photo of himself with a cup loaded with hot dogs just to make fun of it, but it didn't happen. So. When, you, when you look like that, it looks like a body made by hot dogs. It does look so like that. Yeah. 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 Some of the baggage with Bill Kessel is that he <laughs> doesn't exactly go at the training as hard as some of his coaches might have wanted him to but the thing with Phil Kessel is he's always been able to produce he's always had a great shot for for most of his career he was a really fast player and and when you get to the trade deadline and it's not till March 21st by the way I've been talking about this for a month already it's unreal how long this has been in the news but when you get that late in the season you've only got a month left in the regular season I think there will be teams that say yeah we'd like to add a guy like Phil Kessel to help our power play and oh by the way his postseason record is unbelievable so I think they'll get something for him. Jacob Chikrin's a, a far more interesting one. Uh, I've written about this a lot of times as well. The ask for him is really high. Some people have compared it to the ask for Jack Eichel. So they want they want a lot. It's going to be an astronomical price to pay to get Jacob Chikrin. So in the past, like going into this offseason, you would have said, okay, he had 18 goals. He led all NHL defensemen in goals. He's a 23-year-old on a really team-friendly contract with term left on it. That would be a great addition. But Jacob has struggled this season. So you wonder, as pro scouts come through Gila River Arena or see him on the road, do you want to give up that kind of price for a guy that you're not certain is going to be worth the investment? I mean, he still could be. He's really young. He's really committed. He has a lot of qualities you like. But the NHL rental market is going to be plentiful. Like the entire Eastern Conference playoff picture is decided already. So you've got eight teams out. They're going to be sellers there. You've got at least three teams in the West that are sellers. So will GM say, rather than taking that big risk and giving up a lot of our future to get Jacob Chikrin, maybe we just get the rental instead. That's a much safer pick, you know, and then we're not wed to that for the future. I'm curious to see how all that plays out. But again, the price for him is really high. And then when you look down the roster, there's, there are some other candidates. Uh, Johan Larson, I think will be a guy if he, if he comes back from this uh, sports hernia surgery and looks like he's going to be healthy by, by around the trade deadline, I think he'll get some interest because he's a really good defensive center who brings grit, who he's heavy on the forecheck. There are a lot of elements. Plus he plays center and everybody's looking for center depth at the deadline. Travis Boyd could be another guy because he's had a breakout season. So there are a few other guys on that list for the Coyotes, certainly, but Phil Kessel and Jacob Chikrin are at the top of the list. How much more draft capital can this does this team need <laughs> is i mean that seems like a question we're going to be asking for the next few years but they have a lot of draft picks can they really afford to add that much more what's what's where do you sit on that craig 
Well, I just wrote a story actually that just went up on the site before we went on, we went live uh, because Tampa Bay is in town tonight. And if you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, the way they built through the draft, Daryl Plandowski was their head scout. He's now the director of amateur scouting for the Coyotes, and he sees a lot of similarities. Tampa was bottom of the barrel when he arrived. Then they add guys like Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, and Andre Vasilevsky in the first round. But they also got, if you look at the list of key contributors, they're like six guys that they got after the second round of the draft that are really good players, including guys like Braden Point, Anthony Sorelli, um, uh, Nikita Kucherov is, is another guy that wasn't a first round pick. They got a ton of players that they found in the later rounds. So if you ask the scouts at this stage of a rebuild, man, you want as many assets as you can get. And not just for 2022. I mean, they want to push some of these to 23, 24, and even 25. So you've got this steady pipeline of players coming through the system where you can always replenish. So I do think Bill's going to try and acquire some more assets at the deadline, whether it's in the form of picks or prospects. And then when we get to the offseason, I think he's going to try and replicate what he did last summer, where he's willing to take on other teams' bad contracts under a tight cap, but he'll also be asking them for more draft picks or assets in return for taking those contracts off their hands. Is the Coyotes' minor league system strong enough to develop this talent? Well, I mean, it, it, it doesn't have immense talent right now. There are some pieces down there, but not a lot. Obviously, they got Dylan Gunther last year in the first round when he swung the trade with Vancouver. Um, and you have other draft picks that you got from Colorado and Montreal that are going to be first round picks this year, but they need a lot more in their system. Uh, I think what you're alluding to is deeper than simply having the players, though. They need to have yeah. – once you get the players, you got to develop them. Exactly. It's, it's not the end of the process once you get the talent. In, in the NHL, in a league like this where the players aren't stepping right into the, to the pro game, I mean, they could be three, four, five years away. You need to get the development process right. They feel a lot better about that now, but it's been so disjointed the last two seasons with COVID and all the call-ups and the taxi squads that I think that's taken some toll on the development of the prospects. Craig, where's the confidence level right now with Bill Armstrong and his ability to actually pull off what he's trying to do. We're talking about James Jones right now that, you know, doing all the right things. If he makes a mistake, he's swallowing his pride, bringing back a player that he let, let go of uh, Steve Kime. Uh, you say what you want about him, but there, you know, he's, he's worked out some amazing trades and, and really built an amazing roster for the Cardinals. Uh, so you know, Bill Armstrong still trying to make his mark here in Arizona. Where's the confidence level of like uh, the the balance between like, okay, we this sucks right now, but we have full confidence in Bill Armstrong or like this could work, but this could also put us like 10 steps back moving forward. There's a there's a lot to unpack here. Um, the Coyotes, <laughs> Short answer. The on rebuilds before and they've abandoned ship midstream. So they haven't stuck with the plan. I know that's the plan now. I know internally the confidence in Bill is very high. It's funny to see people take shots at what he's done from the outside. Like, I, that's an embarrassment. I can't believe what they're doing to that team. Well, this is what was needed with the Coyotes for a very long time. He stripped it down, and I had people telling me all summer they're not going to get those first-round picks. Darcy Kemper isn't going to bring them a first-round pick. Well, he got it for him. He got it for Christian Dvorak. He has acquired assets. He's going to get more. So you have to give him really high, uh, high marks for step one of this rebuild. Clearly, we don't know what's coming with step two and step three, the draft and the development of those players that we just talked about. But remember, Bill Armstrong cut his teeth in scouting. 
This has been his life for two decades. He knows this side of the business and they have invested more in this scouting staff that I have ever seen this organization do. This is without question the most complete and most experienced scouting staff that the Arizona Coyotes have ever had. So does that mean that's going to equate to success? I don't know because in the NHL, you're still drafting 17 and 18-year-old players. It's the hardest scouting job in pro sports because of the age alone. Uh, all the other sports have higher ages, so it's easier to see their development. You're still basically gambling on guys that haven't developed. But again, this is his game, and he's brought a, a lot of people that are really experienced at scouting. And when you give him this multitude of picks, you increase your odds for hitting on a few of those and building your future. Do you think playing in a 5,000-seat arena actually helps let them kind of go through this? Because there's not going to be the pressure to fill you know, a 15, 16, 17,000-seat arena. You're almost guaranteed sellouts now. Yeah. So there's not the pressure to put butts in the seats for the next three to four years. Do you think that could benefit them? Yeah, that's a really good point, too, because when, when I talk about them abandoning those plans midstream in the past, they did so because there was pressure from ownership to win. We need to win. We need to sustain this product. We need to survive in the Valley. Well, the fact that Alex Morello is willing to play at ASU with only with, with less than 5,000 fans, with no naming rights, with without a lot of the other associated revenues that come from an arena – it tells you that he's committed to the mar this market and he knows he's going to lose money. So, yeah, I think it could take some of the pressure off from having to win right away. I think they are going to stick with this plan. Again, I don't know if they're going to come out the other side and be an actual contender, but they're doing everything right in the process for a change. Well, Bill Armstrong is definitely the right guy to fix the Coyotes. And our newest partner, Athletic Greens, is definitely the company to fix all my problems. And trust me, I have a lot of them. I take this product every your single health day. Problems, yes, right? okay. my health problems. <laughs> now, for cars or finance. I have a lot of problems in general. It's the panacea <laughs> for anything you have going on. Um, but I do have some health problems. Being tired in the morning, a lot of fatigue is definitely one of them. I also wanted to get my gut health in check, and Athletic Greens is helping me do that. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I go to my kitchen, I get my Athletic Greens out of the fridge, I scoop one scoop into my water bottle, I give that thing a good shake, and I chug it. And let me tell you, it has absolutely improved my life and my health overall. I have way much, way more energy, way more, way much more energy to get through the day, which is great because I usually chug these coffees and now I can enjoy my coffee instead of chugging it because I already have the energy to get through the day after I drink my athletic greens. So if you want to get your health in check with your gut, with your energy, whatever it might be, athletic greens is definitely the way to do that. It not only is a no-brainer, it helps support your sleep quality and recovery. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it costs you less than $3 a day, plus you're investing in your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash TPSP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash TPSP. 
to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, before well, we go... You, you walk to your kitchen to get it? I just keep it on the nightstand. I scoop it right in my mouth so I get that You dry extra scoop your dry athletic greens? Oh, just no. so I can get out of bed <laughs> faster. And quit. No, I actually do the same thing as you. Um, I also, don't know if I, I like, can that recommend. That's still supposed to be refrigerated, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on right, right now. My <laughs> nightstands are refrigerated. I mean, that's just the um, way. I can't recommend dry scooping your athletic greens, <laughs> but uh, that's definitely a way to do it. Tristan, I know you love athletic greens, too. Um, it's definitely helped you, too, right? Yeah, absolutely love it, and and I usually work out in the mornings, too. So I'll wake up, drink that, and then I don't have to drink coffee or eat anything before I work out. Like, that provides, like, all the energy I need. So I love it. Again, check out athleticgreens.com slash TPSP to get all of that awesome free stuff. Um, all right. Before we go, I have a quick little fun game for you guys that's on the topic of trades since we've oh. all talked about trades today. It's time for this or that with Mac. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's really fun. Except the questions are really difficult and make you want to cry. So let's get oh my to God. our is first. That, is that what's going on in the in the picture? Are you crying there? No, or? I'm winking. Okay. Uh, winking. All right. <laughs> she knows All right. that she's gonna put us in an emotional turmoil. I guess. All right. Our first this or that question: Would you rather trade Kyler Murray or trade Devin Booker? Trade you Kyler Murray. Kyler seconds. Murray. Right. The second. Wow, no hesitation, Craig. What are you going with in this situation? I'm going to too, but I, I, I'm not going to come out as forcefully as Chirsten did. Just saying, yeah. Chirsten's <laughs> like, screw that guy. <laughs> no, I just would never get rid of Devin Booker, especially right now. Like, are you kidding me? I would, like, one's going. I mean, first off, without Devin Booker, the Suns are not going to the NBA Finals. Who knows what the future is with the Cardinals? So, like, I'll. T- sacrifice Kyler yeah the comments are definitely agreeing with you Charles Josh Chris hi Chris and Sean definitely saying Kyler Murray they uh they're all on your side I thought that was gonna be more difficult can, no. can I trade a kidney to keep both of them like sure I'll, I'll do that wow, you know, I'll allow that's it. really extreme um I'm just surprised because the NFL is a quarterback place like you can't be a good team in the NFL without a quarterback and for now it seems like Kyler is a good quarterback so to me I thought that choice would be a little bit more difficult but nope. I guess not <laughs> um <laughs> Devin is a valley boys that's true Sean he is all right, let's go on to our second question. Would you rather trade the Coyotes to another city or trade the D-backs to another wow. city? Do I have to? Hold on, this, is, this is complicated. Do this I is a to, no win for us. This is a no win for us. Do I have to trade Craig or Derek and Jesse to this other city too? Do we get to keep them and put them on another beat? Like, the beat writers this... go with the team. Sorry, Craig. Oh, my right. God. Uh, you just made this personal. All right. All right. <laughs> Derek, I'm Derek and I'm not saying because I'm not going anywhere. So. <laughs> D- Derek and Jesse enjoy Henderson, Nevada. <laughs> I'd like to keep Craig and Petey in the Valley. So. <laughs> Who are we going uh... with? <laughs> <laughs> Like this is hard enough as it is, but then you brought my coworkers that I all love. <laughs> okay, the, the coworkers can stay. The coworkers we drafted can stay. coworkers last night on the Sun Show. I wasn't. We're Jacob and I throw. weren't picked, by oh the way. God. And I am personally offended by that. You were on Team Lindsay, so you got the best team oh, out of that deal. <laughs> so like Lindsay picked me. Yeah, yeah. you got oh. drafted by Lindsay. Jacob and I were left out of that. So this Craig, is my revenge for leaving me out. Craig, of Craig, you were the number one pick on Team Espo, uh, number one overall. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> all right, Tristan, who are you? Yeah. 
sacrificing. I mean, like, ah, uh, this is really just difficult. rip the bandaid off. Um, it's really easy for me. I'm trading the Coyotes. I'm so sorry, Craig. I'm a baseball person, and I would rather watch a shitty baseball team than no baseball team. So the Coyotes gotta I go. I think I'm gonna say Coyotes, and here's my reasoning. Oh, because Craig. here's my reasoning. You said we could take Craig out of this. Yes, we're we're, we're taking our we're taking our coworkers out of this. Um, here's my reasoning. Nice working with you. It's yeah. a lot cheaper for me to just swing over and attend a, a baseball game and kind of just get the environment. I can't afford to go to Coyotes games. So all right, there why. you go. <laughs> um, all right, people in the comments are all over the place with this one. They can't decide if they want to get rid of the Coyotes or the D-backs. Good news is we don't have to get rid of them. This is just for our fun game. Um, I promise this is not breaking news. The teams are staying here in the Valley. Um, I think Craig would absolutely lose his mind. if the Mac went full <laughs> PHNX jigsaw with this one. <laughs> I did. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our last question. Um, would you rather trade the Cardinals uniforms for new ones or trade the current D-backs uniforms for their old purple and blue oh, ones? Purple and teal ones? Purple yeah. and teal, yeah. yeah that's what I meant. Cardinals. Look, yeah, that's that's got to be the Cardinals. Like, I... Look, I love the purple and teal Diamondbacks uniforms, but we get them like every Thursday. I know. Like yeah, they, that's true. They, or, you know, or, or they've added teal into the mix. In the, They're, I, yeah. Like, I, I've seen them back. Like, the Cardinals, I've seen the same crappy uniforms <laughs> as I was in college. They unveiled those back when I was young and energetic. I'm now old and not energetic, and they're still the same damn uniform. Even after taking your more. athletic greens? Uh, <laughs> I'm a different – I'm not younger because I took my athletic greens. No, I mean like Just a little bit more energy. Craig, yeah. what are you going with on this one? I've always had a problem with NFL uniforms. I, I generally think they're just dull. Yeah. I think all NFL teams, most NFL teams – I thought he was going to say dumb. I was like yeah. – <laughs> It's boring to me. Most most uniforms are boring to me in the NFL. I think they could do a lot more with them. So I'm down with the Cardinals, like setting a new trend and getting a more exciting uniform. Well, I'm on Team Chris. I want the purple and teal back, baby. I hate the Diamondbacks current uniforms. I think they are so boring and they're so ugly. Not a fan at all. The purple and teal is iconic and deserves to come back full time. The Cardinals uniforms, they do their job. I agree with Craig. They've always been dull. So the Cardinals uniforms, they can just match the rest of the league and be dull. Um, Joe Fisher is saying the Cards need new ones. They're, he's team Espo and Cheerston. Cardinals desperately need new uniforms, according to Charles. I definitely agree. Sean Murphy saying that he's team Cards getting new uniforms. And uh, Josh is on my side saying the D-backs jerseys need to come back. I definitely agree what? with you. You want an unpopular one? Yeah. I want the Diamondbacks snake pattern jerseys to come back. No. Oh, my God. I Espo, like you need those. to leave this room right now. They were different. No. And baseball, no. baseball doesn't have different, usually. <laughs> And I like that. Why but can't I picture this? So you don't bad. don't remember the They're snake so pad. bad. Their hats had, it was like black with diamonds. diamond red. Yep. It was ombre. The, the sleeves had kind yes. of a diamond pattern. I don't yep. have like a vision the, of it in the my The pants head. looked ridiculous. It was heinous. But. It was so bad. I hate the Diamondbacks uniforms. I'm so sorry. They need to bring back the purple and teal. Thank you all so much for playing this or that with Mac. Hopefully it wasn't too painful. Thank you guys for commenting and playing along with us. My favorite part of the show is including you guys in the show with the rest of us. I love to hear from you. I love to hear your thoughts. 
And that's because PHNX is a family. So if you want to join the family, make sure you head over to gophnx.com and become a subscriber. You can sign up for your first month for only 50 cents. Or if you become an annual member, you get a free t-shirt. We have so many amazing t-shirts in the PHNX locker. You have to go check those out too. You don't have to be a member to buy a shirt. Our shirts are just dope and you can get them whenever you want them. But if you do become a member, you also get access to member-only deals. Our deals of the week happen every now and then and you get some sweet discounts that are only available to you as a PHNX member. As a member, you also get access to all of Craig's incredible written content. He's uh, crashed our site twice now. So obviously the content is A1 if he is crashing our site. Espo has also decided to take up writing again. He's got an article up there that's pretty spectacular. Um, and you get access to our members only Discord, which we're in. We love to chat with you guys. It's kind of like the show, but um, you know, it's on the Discord. It's a little less formal. So you get to just chat with us. And we like I said, we love talking with you all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Um, I love you guys. You guys make my life so happy. Thank you for joining us in the comments. It's been awesome getting to do the show with you. And we will see you guys next week.